I am addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Yeah, man, it's, uh, what time is it? Six minutes after nine on News Talk 550, KTSA, the Sean Rima Show. I am Sean on this most historic day. And uh, we're going to get your thoughts on the Zelensky speech before Congress. And uh, let me know what, you, uh, what you're thinking. How did he do? Uh, do you think uh, his pleas for additional aid, including uh, either a no-fly zone or ground-to-air uh, secure ground-to-air uh, munitions, or uh, or allowing these Polish planes to uh, to come into the country uh, via uh, one of our air bases or a couple of our air bases? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Uh, you know, we, we played the, uh, the speech live, uh, on, uh, on KTSA, uh, in its entirety. And, uh, he got about five minutes into it. He, he, and I, I, just to get my quick review here of what was going on in my mind, uh, while Zelensky is speaking. First off, he is, uh, an extremely, uh, uh, He's an exceptional dude. He, I mean, for being 40, he's 45 years of age, I think he said. He's got in his mid-40s now. I'm in my mid-50s, so I'm, I'm just at that point uh, where, you know, dudes in their, in their mid-40s uh, feel young to me, you know, because uh, it is. Uh, mid-40s, 40s, uh, you're still, you know, a young person. And uh, he's a very impressive dude. He, he truly is. And uh, I've always kind of viewed him uh through the same lens that i viewed trump in that uh he wasn't a career politician he was a comedian and and an actor and i guess he had actually portrayed the president uh, of ukraine on a very popular comedy show in that country and uh he is very comfortable in front of a camera i know that sounds kind of shallow but uh, it's true uh he I, i believe he has been magnificent through this entire ordeal uh and that's putting it lightly uh, uh, for a guy who has, in, in a sense, an entire nation, or, or the army rather of an entire nation that's gunning for him, uh, they've got a, you know ass- assassin teams out there looking for him. Certainly, Putin wants to get his hands on this guy and do horrible things to him and parade him around. Uh, so the fact that he's sitting there in his office looking quite calm, in and of itself, is amazing. But again, he he starts off uh, by pretty much going for the gold. He asks at the very beginning uh, what he wants, which is actually also pretty smart. Get it out in the beginning. Take care of, of the hard business right up front. Okay, I, I either need a no-fly zone or uh, I'll give you another option, which always sounds good as well. I'll give you the, make the choice is yours. I, I either need a no-fly zone, baby. Or I need uh, these planes. I need more. I need planes that we can put into the skies and protect ourselves. Uh, I also know you have this technology, this ground-to-air technology, where we can shoot stuff out of the sky. We need that. So it was, you know, almost as if he, well, he does. He knows he's not getting the no-fly zone. But it's like, I either need the no-fly zone or I need a way to protect our skies. He got that out in the very beginning. And then, uh, you know, he, he was quite eloquent bringing up World War II and Pearl Harbor and September 11th. Uh, as I told Trey, he, he tried to make a connection with the Martin Luther King speech. I have a dream. Uh, his uh, take on the I have a dream line is I have a, I have a plan. Uh, that was the only part where I kind of went, well, that, that, I didn't really under, I, I didn't really get that part of it. And I'm just being honest with you. I'm always honest as far as what I think. And that, that, that reference kind of threw me. But then he did something which I thought was extremely smart and very wise. We are a image based society, even members of Congress, maybe especially them. And he also knows the whole world is watching. He's addressing uh, the U.S. United States Congress. 
and uh, he shows uh, a, a video that wasn't very long. It was only, I didn't time it, but it was probably only a couple of minutes long altogether. That starts off with images of life before the invasion, uh, kids and their families playing, uh, you know, in an amusement park and playgrounds, kids running through parks. And very quickly, uh, whoever edited this, edited this thing starts to uh, uh, cut in images from the war of dead kids, and they, they didn't pull any punches in this video. They, in graphic detail, uh, and with graphic images, they showed you precisely what was going on. Uh, kids blown apart, bodies in the streets, missiles slamming into, into apartment buildings. Uh, and the video, again, very, very powerful images, and the video lasted only a couple of minutes long, but it had uh, an, an impact. Very hard to watch. And as I mentioned with Trey, you know, you go back to previous wars, even the Vietnam War, probably the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan were the first wars that we were involved in where you you were almost getting real-time images uh, in the era of World War II, which Mr. Zelensky kept referencing. You know, you'd have to wait weeks uh, to see a a five-minute, ten-minute newsreel on what was happening. And even then, uh, you're not seeing a lot of uh, straight-up images of war like you are able to see now. Uh, And so this two-minute, three-minute video showed us the face of war. In, in the year 2022, war is bloody, war is ugly, war sucks, war is death uh, in, in a very nasty, bloody way, and you got that from this video. So anybody who saw that video and didn't react inside themselves in some way, shape, or form is probably a sociopath, like Vladimir Putin. Uh, who, for all we know, takes delight in such things. And uh, wraps up uh, by, uh, you know, uh, also talking about sanctions. And, you know, we, we need more sanctions every day. Uh, anybody connected to the U.S. needs to be sanctioned. Uh, all businesses, all business connections uh, with, the, with Russia need to be severed. He doesn't want uh, uh, Putin getting one penny from the West. Uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing how he how he phrased it, how he said it. And there was, uh, he did implore Joe Biden to be better than he is, is how I took it. And and this, I, I have to admit, while I was watching the video, I, I laughed cynically just a, a smidge. Knowing Joe Biden, uh, you know, as we all do, uh, when he said, you are not only the president, you're the president of the United States, but you need to be the president of the world. Uh, again, uh, imploring Joe Biden, in, in, as far as my reading of it, to be better than he is, to be bigger than he is. And unfortunately, I let out a, a quick chuckle at that one because, as I told Trey, Joe Biden's not capable of it. It's beyond him. What you have in Joe Biden right now is all you're going to get. He's as big as he's going to be. Uh, you know, uh, he's he hasn't accomplished anything in 50 years. Uh, he is a consummate, and this is prior to his his very obvious mental decline. And and understand, I I don't even know who's actually running the country right now. Neither do you. But as far as imploring Joe Biden to be bigger than he is, and to, in a sense, grow to the level of history as it's unfolding before us, evolve to a largeness, if that's a a way of putting it, to fit, to match, to equal the moment of history that he finds himself in, uh, based upon who he has been thus far in his life, no, I think it's out of his depth. He's not capable of it. He has been, throughout his entire adult life, a consummate liar. He is a, uh, a, a plagiarist, uh, a routine plagiarist. As I've been saying all morning, the man's never had an original thought in his head, which is why he takes other people's thoughts, which is what people of low talent do, low talent and low intellect, is they cop other people's stuff because they're incapable of coming up with it on their own. This is not a man who is a visionary. 
This is not a man who recognizes, in my opinion, the moment of history that he's in. He barely recognizes the room that he's that he's speaking from, or or who his own wife is. And 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 I guess that's the the issue here is we have in the office a person. His, you you take Joe Biden for who he actually is. Everything I just listed, uh, also a, a, a racist, a known racist, and uh, you know he's. That's as good as he's ever going to be. You you add mental decline on top of that, and you've got somebody who is completely useless at this particular moment, which is a dire one and a consequential one for what the world is going to look like from here on out. And so then you take it to the next concentric level, and you realize that uh, he's not. he can't possibly be running the show uh, and certainly Kamala is not involved in any measurable way other than making an ass out of herself in other countries. So there's got to be somebody and some people who are making the decisions behind the scenes. And I don't know specifically who they are, but based upon uh, our policy thus far out of this administration, my uh, judgment is that they also are incapable of this moment. And I think they're trying to get through this moment the easiest way possible, which are the sanctions. And I personally don't believe the sanctions are going to save the day. Uh, the, the only reason they're giving us that they're not allowing these Polish planes to travel to Ukraine via our air bases is because it's escalatory. It, 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 it'll, in other words, it'll piss Vlad off. We don't want to piss Vlad off. We don't want to upset him. And the argument they give is, well, that, you know, it'll appear that we're engaging Russia directly. Well, we already are. We're sending them munitions and money. So let them get the planes, man. Let them get the, at least let them get the damn planes. But I don't hold any hope that that's going to happen. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, what do you think? 210-599-5555. 210 San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. Oh, there we go. Let me put the mic up. Uh, talking about uh, President Zelensky's uh, speech before Congress. And uh, if you have any thoughts, uh, let me know what you're thinking. Let's go to Rain on line one. Rain, how you doing? I am so glad that you're back. I just want you to know that first and foremost. Oh, thank you. Me too. Um, me too. <laughs> I, um, I have a few comments when listening to his speeches. First and foremost, I have to say that what Putin is doing is wrong if he allegedly is doing what, he is, what they say he's doing. I have to be careful with the bureaucracy that, that is our news media and because somebody is wanting more money from us, what has he been doing with this money all along? And what is going on with the war on Donbass? Donbass is the civil war that's been happening in the Ukraine since 2014, and it kind of uh, was in a truce in 2019 until Zelensky got in power, and then it started raging on again. The people in the Donbass region is a highly industrialized region of Ukraine. They want to be part of Russia. They don't want to be part of the Ukraine. So I can't help but wonder what's going on, really. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I, we, you're not seeing any reporting on that whatsoever. Uh, so I, I honestly don't know. I'd have to look into it and see uh, uh, what's going on with that region. Because uh, there are Russians uh, in Ukraine. We know that. There's a, a fairly sizable population of Russians in Ukraine. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I keep going back to uh, as far as Putin... I do tend to believe that he's doing everything they, that is being reported he's doing simply because of the psychology of a guy like Vlad Putin. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it stands yeah. with his character of who he is and, I, I think, uh, you know, the the very personal um, angst or rage that perhaps he feels uh, with, with uh, the breaking up of the Soviet Union. I mean, that, that, that was his entire identity, in a sense, uh, as an adult. I, I, I agree you with know? you. However, and I, and I think, and I think he's history. a soulless, I think he's a soulless weirdo, too. Now, as far as our own, and I don't know if that's where you're going with our own 
uh, dealings with Ukraine, especially during the Obama and, and Biden administration. <laughs> no. You know, there, there's all kinds cool. of hinky-winky stuff, I'm sure, uh, that uh, that is connecting us there. And these biological labs, I don't know what the hell's up with that. Well, since you open the door, um, the Ukraine is the second most corrupt country in Europe behind Russia. And as the head of the president uh, since 2019 of Ukraine, just how corrupt is Zelensky? Um, but I was actually going to our own civil war, you know, when our states wanted to, southern states wanted to remove ourselves, and we're facing Texas, you know, we're pushing Texas. Um, how hard did the United States fight to get those southern states to stay part of the United States, and how hard would the U.S. fight to keep Texas in place? So I'd, I'll leave you with those thoughts. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, one of the examples that people come up with is uh, is, is another situation where what if, uh, let's say, uh, Russia were putting armaments, and maybe they will uh, uh, eventually, but putting armaments, let's say, in Mexico along our border, you know, we would react. We would do something, right? But we, we more than likely wouldn't bomb civilian apartment complexes and neighborhoods. We probably wouldn't bomb hospitals. There's a lot of stuff that we wouldn't do. Uh, in in that situation, uh, so I, I don't know that it's a fair comparison, even with the Texas thing, uh, because when it comes to uh, uh, greasing civilians on that level, uh, I, I would hope that that's not something we would do. Uh, uh, whether it was something along our border or it was Texas trying to break away from from the republic and 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 you know a second civil war within our country. Uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Paul, hang on. Uh, we'll take a little break, then we'll come back. And uh, we're taking your calls on what you thought about the Zelensky speech. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. <laughs> and we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 107.1. Sean. Talking about the end of the world. Hey, happy Wednesday! And uh, oh, yeah, on top of everything, and I, you know, this was the last story that I kind of saw before I went to bed last night. And uh, uh, I, I just, I, this whole world is wild at heart and weird on top, man. Remember that movie? It, it, things are really getting freaky deaky. And, and I'm not just talking about World War Three breaking out in Ukraine and Poland. And all, you know, NATO and all that stuff. But USA, I haven't read USA Today in decades. It, we used to call it McNews, you know. It's, 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 you might as well wipe your butt with USA Today. There I said, I mean, for all the, for, for all the, uh, the information and, you know, uh, a perspective you get in something like USA Today, you might as well wipe your butt with it. I'm just being honest. Be careful of the ink. It is color ink. Uh, it's a bag of uh, Fritos. Uh, for the, it's just it's 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 not worth anything. But for some odd reason, a lot of morons read USA Today, and so they have they still maintain a readership for some bizarre reason. Last time I had a use for USA Today, my kid's guinea pig was still alive. But USA Today has nominated uh, Rachel or Richard Levine. For woman of the year, he's he she shim uh, is what the the under secretary of the, the Department of Health or the deputy secretary of the Department of Health, deputy director, whatever the hell, number two medical person in this country and in this government, and it's a man, baby. It's <laughs> uh, it's a man who is for some odd reason choosing to live life as a dumpy hippie chick. Richard, he's he's a man. He's he's got the giblets, man. He, he's he's not a woman. He's 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 a dude. He merely, he merely lives as a chick, and, and not a very attractive one at that. Might possibly be USA Today's Woman of the Year. Uh, here in San Antonio, I know uh, we we had a. A demonstration uh, by some folks who call themselves Mama Bears. These are the moms of uh, of trans kids, uh, you know, who just want their rights. 
don't want to be oppressed. And here's here's what I think of the mama bears. I think there are a lot of moms out there whose lives are unfulfilling, and so they convince their children that they're trans so that mom can have a minority kid and be all special and fight for the kid's rights, even though all she's doing is screwing the kid up. I don't think 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds can be trans, can are, are able to make that decision at that young age. And uh, there, there's this push now from the public education system to really even cut Mama Bear out of the sitch and just decide for the kid if they're going to be a little boy or a little girl and Mama Bear doesn't even know. It's also twisted and upside down, man. So, you know, I, I'm, and, and plus it's, it's odd, and maybe you find this odd too, uh, because it, it's, it's, it's theater of the absurd for me at this point that feminists now and liberal pukes in general are fighting for the rights of men over women. Think about that. You trace the feminist movement all the way back to the suffrage movement uh, at the beginning of the last century. And women, you know, I mean, it's only a handful of decades ago, all right, that women couldn't freaking vote, all right? It's only a handful of decades ago. And you go back to my mom's era. I was looking at, uh, you know, on Face Puke, you'll see this every now and again, uh, where they show you, uh, like, magazine advertisements and newspaper advertisements from uh, low, long ago, you know, like the 50s. When women really were expected to stay, the post-World War II generation, sorry, greatest generation, but you were lousy to women. Women uh, in Sylvia Plath's day were expected to stay home, cater to the needs of the man, get the meatloaf going, don't pursue a career, don't pursue your own interests, don't go to college. Okay, your life is taking care of the kiddos, keeping the kitchen clean. Bringing me my slippers when I get home. And the options for most women in my mom's era were pretty freaking limited. Uh, and uh, which is why ultimately Sylvia Plath shoved her head into a freaking oven. Okay. And uh, out of that generation came the feminist movement, which I, I support. You know, I always have because. Uh, again, you know, my mom was a homemaker. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with stay-at-home moms. Don't get me wrong. If you choose to be a stay-at-home mom, that is a -a 24-hour-a-day job. I am not diminishing that choice at all. But this was a societal thing. This was a cultural thing. That's what you were expected to do. And the feminist movement broke out of that. And uh, throughout the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, the feminist movement was precisely that. It was about fighting for women. Women. Actual women with vaginas. And the fact that now we are at this really weird juncture where the very same uh, leftist movement of this country who pride themselves on being so-called feminists are now arguing the rights of men over women in sports, uh, in accolades, like this Levine dude who might just end up being a USA Today's Woman of the Year, and he's a man. And I don't know how we got here. I, I think the left kind of stumbled into this place. And I'll give you my thoughts on how that happened, uh, and I, I believe this because... The big fight, in a sense, for the gay and lesbian community, which I also supported, was same-sex marriage. That was the biggie in that community. That was the big fight for that community. And once that fight was won, I feel there was kind of a vacuum in leftist activism. What do we fight for now? How about transgender rights? It's a tiny community of people. The transgendered community of this country is a subset of a subset. It is a very, very tiny uh, section of uh, what is already a small community, which is the gay and lesbian community, globally and nationwide. And so uh, because Bruce Jenner decided to get boobs, 
the left decided to take on the transgendered uh, uh, cause and fight for their rights and uh, weaponize them politically in a sense and uh, started arguing and pushing for their rights. Well, then it dr- started drifting into women's sports. And uh, it, it, guys like me were on the radio pointing out that, hey, you, you know that you're you're supposed to be pro-woman, but you're fighting for a man over a woman. How could you call yourself a feminist? So they really only had one way out of that. And I'll take a break. The only way they got out of that corner that they had painted themselves into is that dudes who live like women now had to actually be women. That's the only way they could keep their feminist credentials. Uh, That's the only way they don't look like jackasses for fighting for the rights of men over women is that they had to make the dudes real women. And the only way to do that is to make gender itself a construct, which obviously it is not. But leftists can never be wrong. They just can't be wrong. Remember that song, Little Miss, Little Miss, Can't Be Wrong? That is the left in this country. And so now they're stuck with this crap. (laughs) They're stuck with this absurd idea that gender is somehow a choice, that there are multiple genders, that you can make up your own freaking gender, that if you want to be a donkey or an elf, you can be that. And it's absurd. If you were born biologically a male, you are biologically a male. If you were born biologically a female, you are biologically a female. That does not make me hateful. That makes me observant. How does that make you feel? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Hey, this is Scott Robbins, and you're listening to Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. We thrill you more with my medical condition. I've had a nosebleed all morning for some reason because my Chris, my nasal passages are all dried out, so I got a a slight nosebleed. And my wife is telling me that the way to handle a nosebleed is I have to pinch my nostrils. I have to pinch my nose because I got like a wad of Kleenex in my snout to try to stem the tide. My wife says I need to. Clamp my, I need to clamp my nose and keep my head down. Forward. Or you mean forward, not back. It's a misnomer. It's, it's misinformation that you put your head back and pinch your nose. It's not? Well, you just told me to put my head forward and pinch my nose. That's what we're saying, not back. That's what I said. It's fake news. You going to call me a punk ass? I'm just saying... Chris agrees. You put your head forward. Uh, doesn't it sound like you have a completely cap there. Dennis, is that Dennis Foley? Do you have this issue, Dennis? No, that's... Um, this, hello. That, that's, oh, that's, that's Chris. Me? That's Chris. It sounded like Dennis. Oh, there's Dennis. Yeah. This yeah, sounds, sounds you, a little bit like old-timey radio going on right now. You sound too much like yourself. <laughs> I sound too much like myself. The war in Ukraine rages on. She? Here's an Alpha Media newsreel. Yeah, oh, that hurts. Get the teletype going. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, I'm still on the air. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Let's go to Paul on line two. Wants to talk about Zelensky. Paul, how you doing? Yeah, Sean, uh, you're, uh, uh, beside this last few seconds, uh, you're sounding pretty good and strong. Uh, oh, thank you. Good to, good, good to have you back. Thank you. Um, good to be back. You know, uh, <sighs> Remember that I, you know, I kind of feel like I'm living in the '50s and '60s when Pravda and Toss. Remember Pravda and Toss? I remember Pravda. Uh, Russia's, yeah, I remember. Well, Toss too was the the second one that Russia yeah. had uh, the media machine that would spew out lies uh, right. that we that you know Concrete would uh, repeat and everything, uh, tell us about them and everything. But the, for two years. This gang in, in D.C., you know, tried to kill the free market. They closed churches. They forced masks on us. They eliminated free speech. They're still, still trying to eliminate free speech. Right. Uh, they fire, get, get real doctors by thousands, get fired. And now right. we're supposed to, we're supposed to, another crisis comes, comes to, down our way, and we're supposed to believe them. 
Uh, I you, you have to take what comes out of the national media, especially with a big old grain of salt. I, you know, I, I, I talk about this, how I, I kind of stopped watching the news for a while while I was in the hospital. Uh, because I, you know, even with Fox News, you, there, there's so much commentary that it's, it's kind of hard to get to the, the hard news. Because for me, all I want to know is what happened. I'm not really interested in exactly. what you think. I, I want to know what happened. And the, it's, it, you know, it, so Fox News has a bias that one could argue is more in line with my bias. But still, it's just a lot of yelling back and forth, and, and uh, uh, a lot of it has become unwatchable for me. And so what I've always done, especially in how I prep the show and stuff, and, and just for my own personal edification so I know what's going on, is I, I work, and i got to take a break here, I work from several different sources, and I cross-reference. The, it's kind of like sifting soil to get the gold, the gold, you know, panning for gold. you got to sift out the nuggets of truth from several different sources to find out, you know, what's, what's, what's the dealio. Uh, I'm going to have to good go. Good to have you back. Break. Yeah. Good Thank to you, have man. you back, Sean, again. Bye-bye. I appreciate that. I'm pinching my nose once again to stem the flow of blood from my nostril because something's always going on with me. Uh, we'll be right back. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 uh, KTSA. First lady's husband uh, contracting COVID, but uh, look at this room and what you see. Pardon? Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Whoa, yeah, News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071 with uh, Sean Height. The phone lines are open. That's your president. That's uh, the, the man that uh, uh, Zelensky, President Zelensky, wants to be the president of the world. He just said the first lady's husband got COVID. He's referring to Kamala Harris's husband, but he oddly referred to himself. I guess it was that Jill on the sidelines there correcting him. He does it. <laughs> he doesn't know where. He, I don't know who's actually running the show, man, but it sure as hell ain't that guy. And he's going to Europe. He's going to Europe uh, next week. We're not sure why or what he's going to do. The whole freaking world could be on fire by then. But he, Joe's going to Europe next week. That's great, man. Is Kamala going with him? Is she going to tag after and, and provide him with a laugh track there? Uh, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 599 uh, now, this this is a much lesser thing. This is not important, but let's kind of lighten things up a bit from World War III here. Uh, we, we have a bill that's passed the Senate that now goes to the House. Uh, it, it was inspired or written in part by or sponsored by Marco Rubio that would put an end to this insipid daylight savings time. Well, I... I'm not sure. Would we have, would we be on standard time forever or non-standard time forever? I'm kind of confused. I don't know. Point being, it would do away with it, and uh, then we'd just have you know one time, the whole stinking year round, and uh, and I know are people actually take it to, oh, go one standard time? I want non-standard time. Would we still have Valentine's? Would we still have Valentine's? And and I I really don't give a crap which one you go with I, I don't I don't care. Uh, you know just go with one and it's not even like it's that huge of a thing these days because most of our stinking clocks change themselves. You know what I mean? It's not like the old days when you'd have to run around and change all your damn clocks and you know I I, I I'm I'm never able to figure out the car clock. You know so six months out of the year Chris knows this because he he rode a few times in my old car. You know, uh, for six months out of the year, my, my old car would be, the clock would be an hour wrong. Or worse, I'd meddle with it and it would just blink for six months. But you don't have to worry about that crap anymore because most of these damn clocks change themselves over. So 
it's not like it's a huge deal, uh, but at the same time, it's just unnecessary. What, what is the point? There's no freaking point to changing the freaking clocks twice a year. It's not something that keeps me up at night. <laughs> I'll get it. Unless I'm springing forward. Uh, but, you know, if, if, if just get her done. That, that's, that's fine. It passed the Senate. We'll see if it passes the House. I don't know if you have any opinions on that. Uh, anyone to give us a call, uh, go right ahead. 210-599-5555. Uh, 210-599-5555. It's time. Get it, Chris? I said, it's time to do away with that. Isn't that funny? Aren't I funny? Uh, let's see. Also, uh, St. What is, when is St. Patrick's Day? I'm not even sure. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day? Yep. Well, see, I'm Norwegian. I'm a Norwegian-American. And we don't have a national holiday. There's no, there's no Leif Erikson Day. I actually think there is. Is there a Leif Erikson Day? Oof. Uh, well, I, sa- I stand corrected. Yeah, October 9th. October 9th mm-hmm. is Leif Erikson Day. That's right. Well, see, I didn't even know, and I'm a Norwegian American. Do we? Do we? Do kids get off school from, for Leif Erikson Day? No, they don't. Well, it's on the Sunday this year. Don't. Muddy up my show with the facts, Dennis. All right. What is it with you and and presenting facts on my show like that? The kids get the day off. The the kids get the day off. They get the day off. It's it's the Sabbath, man. It's Sunday. (laughs) So, uh, but there's no like Lesva festivals that are happening or anything like that. There's no Ufta days. So I'm not I'm not I'm not Irish. So I. St. Patrick's, I don't drink anymore, but when I was drinking, St. Patrick's Day was always like amateur night, you know what I mean, for a guy like me in the old days, you know? So it's tomorrow. Is everybody going to wear green? Is everybody going to wear green? Is the river walk going to be green? Isn't it already? Uh, but I, I bring it up because uh, there's a funny story I saw. And uh, this is, uh, oh, and then we'll talk to Ron. Ron, hang on. This is for real chronic alcoholics. This is for the real serious drinking in the morning type folks. In that you can rent for St. Patrick's Day a thing called the Paddy Wagon Pub. It's an inflatable bar. It's like a bouncy house for adults. It's an Irish pub that you inflate and you put in your yard. And it's got, like, tables and crap inside. It's got a fake fireplace. Thank you, Jesus, it doesn't have a real fireplace. It is inflatable. And it can hold up to 80 alcoholics. So over 80 alcoholics can fit into this inflatable Irish pub. It's a pop-up pub. It's a pop-up pub. And I was thinking about it, Chris, because, I, like I said, I don't really give a crap about St. Patrick's Day. I just don't. I, I it's not something I, I think about too much, especially now. Because let's face it, it's an alcoholic stream. St. Patrick's Day, people who don't drink don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. What do you do? You know what I mean? Drink near beer, all right? It's the original cultural appropriation. That's precisely it. Everybody's freaking Irish. They get hammered, you know, on, on St. Patty's Day. And they say, Begora. You know, and everybody walks around dressed like a freaking leprechaun. What does Beto do on St. Patrick's Day? He don't want to blow his cover. Uh, but I was thinking about the inflatable paddy wagon, the inflatable bar. And maybe that'll be a trend, Chris and Dennis. Like, what? wouldn't the inflatable Hooters restaurant be great? Doesn't that just sound perfect? Although, An inflatable Hooters restaurant? Although a pop-up restaurant doesn't, especially in a Hooters context, doesn't exactly sound like it's family-friendly. Who cares? I, you know, my, all my kids are growing up. They're all in their twenties. You want? I don't have to. I don't have to worry about family friendly anymore. You want inflatable Hooters? I want an inflatable Hoot. I want inflatable Hooters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, the bar. The you know, you don't have to have the full on restaurant. You wouldn't want any ovens or to, you wouldn't want any toaster ovens going in an inflatable Hooters. I'm just saying, wouldn't an inflatable Hooters be great? Mm-hmm. Inflatables. Okay. Now you guys are being dirty. You know, you're, you're just taking this in a dirty direction. I'm just saying, it, you know, it would be cool. You, 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 you can pay a couple of Hooters chicks to come on out. 
and and you inflate the Hooters. So they don't and, come pre-inflated, or or how does that work? <laughs> God, I got a couple of lines I could say right now, and I'm just not gonna. So would that be part of the production? Was the inflation of the Hooters? The inflation of well, you got to inflate the Hooters before people. It's you, an inflatable Hooters. So what? beer beer isn't served until the Hooters are inflated. Well, obviously, if it's an inflatable Hooters, you can't serve beer until the Hooters are inflated. The Hooters restaurant. Hey, you guys are just being dirty, man. See how you are. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Oh, we got full lines. Hey, here's Ron. Ron, how you doing? Okay. Sure. Okay. I just got an option. I'm just glad the line opened up right now. It is so good to hear from you. Uh, only, oh. only you. I'm just glad, Sean. Somebody finally said it. Uh, St. Patty's Day, uh, Alcoholics Day. Wow. Only you. But thank God you're back. We need you. We all need continuity. So yes, let's keep the clock where it's at. <laughs> you still there? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you. And um, yes, we have you. Now we need to uh, bring on daylight savings times permanent, or or should I say, just, just quit messing with the clock because it's our circadian rhythm. And number two, only you could figure this one out. Yesterday, did you hear how that omnibus, or two nights ago, the omnibus bill was passed in the middle of the night by the Sanhedrin? I mean, the, uh, <laughs> the left the, the, the Thank you. Yes. I knew you'd get it, Sean. I knew you would. Yes, sir. Oh. Sanhedrin. <laughs> how did they do that? How I know how I know how they could because it would get them, and of course they're yeah. Well, I, how, I suspect nobody they, even read the damn thing. Yeah, I understand. The next morning, it was like it was already said and done, and, and the Republicans were totally caught off guard and snookered. And uh, I'm just amazed at uh, their tenacity in, in maintaining their their will to survive the Democrats. The the the, the depths of which they can steep, unbelievable. But um, they did it, and um, yeah, Marjorie the next. Well, okay. Um, well, I just wanted to pass that. No, you're right. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for the love and all that. Look, Ed, uh, uh, they're 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 going to try to get. They, yeah, they they want to get it done. They got it done, and, and they're going to try to get done whatever they can between now and the midterms. And yeah, you know, more than likely, and I and I got a, a thought on that here in a second. But more than likely, one of the reasons they don't want to get beyond sanctions when it comes to Ukraine is they also don't want to go into the midterms with Biden screwing up an actual war because he already screwed up Afghanistan. They don't want to go into the midterms with, you know, murky, bloody policy uh, happening in Ukraine because that's all they care about is staying in power. They don't care about people's lives. Certainly not. Uh, but you have a uh, – and they're, but they're, the reason is they're scared. The, the, the midterms are really scaring the crap out of, out of the Democrats. The Wall Street Journal uh, put out a survey or a poll – which clearly shows that the worse inflation gets, the more blacks and Hispanics are tacking towards the GOP. Uh, in fact, uh, and I, I tried to break this down, uh, there's a lot of different stats in this report, but in uh, as recently as November, uh, it was pretty much equal Democrats, Republicans, as far as blacks and Hispanics. And I'm talking middle to lower income uh, uh, blacks and Hispanics who uh, about, you know, half are going towards the Dems or leaning towards the Dems and half are leaning towards the Republicans. And uh, and since November, with uh, the rise uh, in the cost of living, uh, blacks and Hispanics are now tracking, I said tacking, that's this old sailing term, uh, towards the GOP, and they're ahead by nine points, which statistically is a big deal. Uh, in how they figure these things out. So that's just since November. Because I, and I've always believed this, and I'll take another call here. Uh, Well, actually, we may take a break, and then we'll take some more calls, is that, you know, uh, politics goes swirling down the toilet when it comes to something personal as your ability to pay your bills and your finances. And we saw this with Trump, and that he got a lot of support from the blacks and Hispanic communities because they had more jobs in their communities, the economy was better, they saw that he was actually doing something for their community. And they're starting to peel off from the Democrats now because the economy sucks. That was my wife sneezing. Bless you, baby. Bless you, baby. 
Did you get any on you? And uh, so, you know, they're scared. The, the midterms are – so they're going to try to get all kinds of funky stuff done uh, between now and the midterms while blaming Vlad Putin for everything. Uh, what time is it? Let's take a quickie. Here's uh, – Adam, how you doing? Oh, Adam dropped. What about uh, Bob? Hey, Bob, hey. quickly, what are you thinking? I'm glad you're back. You make me uh, laugh, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hey, well, one thing about the daylight savings times, uh, I know you spring forward, but what about the rest of the world? I thought the world's supposed to set up by time zones. So does how does that affect the rest of the world if we are one hour ahead? I don't think it does at all. And, I, mean, I don't really know, but I don't think it does. And it's all, it's all based upon the, the where the position of the sun is. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Another thing about the first lady, that that was interesting. How 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 are we going to go for three more years with this guy? I don't don't know. I really don't. I don't know. think he survives. I and I'm not saying dying. I'm saying he mentally he's on in the decline. He's getting worse. But with Kamala, Kamala, no. Well, God, that's a nightmare. The thought of that. I hope not. I got to run, man. Uh, no, President Kamala. Yeah, just feel the chill down your spine. Uh, let's take a little break. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. Newstalk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. And we're back. Newstalk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. Jarvis is nipping at my socks. Jarvis, the most famous cat in San Antonio. Jar Jar. Jarvis. Yeah, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. I actually, uh, we'll go to the phone lines here in a second. I, we have these new fancy Alpha Media jackets, and, of course, I'm at home. I'm, at home. I'm doing my show at, in my living room. In my, home, my fancy home studio set up in this recliner I'm in. And out of the kindness of his heart, Chris Glasgow drove, because I live on the northwest side. It's not a... I'm not close to the station. Uh, Chris, you drove my jacket out to me. Thank you so much. And I gave Chris, uh, I happen to have a uh, trucker hat that I I had a picture of Jarvis put on it. And so I gave Chris a, a Jarvis hat to wear to show his love for my cat, which he routinely misnames as Jar Jar. Because he knows I hate Jar Jar Binks, that freaking character in that freaking stupid Star Wars movie. Do you like your Jar Jar hat, Chris? Do you like it? Misa likes the hat. Ah, stop it. Jarvis, 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 Jarvis. Let's go to the phones. Have we talked to Bob already? Tim. Tim, how you doing? Yes, how you doing, Sean? Another day in paradise, brother. I heard that. Hey, I'm glad you're doing much better, and you just keep on getting better, okay? Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, I want to tap into your spiritual side, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Okay, you know, you know back in World War II, uh, it was over 30 countries involved with uh, with that particular war. I believe it was like 75 million people were uh, right. were killed in that particular war. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of come up, we had quite a few things dealing with the world. Even with the pandemic, it affected the whole world. Uh, right. What's happening right now with Ukraine, it's affecting the whole world. And, you know, yeah, I was yeah. doing some history uh, and checking out things and checking kind of the history of Russia and the people of Russia, where they come from. And it's talking about as far as the kingdoms of the north. And, you know, you got a lot of people, they talk about religion and stuff like that. But Jesus never talked about religion. He talked about kingdoms, you know. Right. And being, being that Russia is considered the kingdom of the north, uh, the United States is considered the kingdom of the south. Uh, and as for the prophecy and what I've read, saying that we're going to bump heads pretty bad again uh, in World War Three, uh, what is your take on that and your belief you being a, a spiritual brother? Um, I uh, There's a lot of stuff, because I have read the book of Revelation, there's a lot of stuff that is happening now that if you wanted to, you could line up with Revelation prophecy. Uh, you know, to climate, not not climate change, but uh, climate events, uh, uh, geopolitics, because uh, a lot of people are. They're doing just that. Uh, I personally 
and I'll probably get because I'm getting quick on a break here. I'll probably get a little deeper into this when I get back because I, I have had sort of a spiritual reawakening since being in the hospital. Uh, I've always been a person of faith, but this experience really kind of opened my eyes to to spiritual matters. When prior to this experience, I was kind of shut off from it. Um, I, I I personally don't spend a lot of time thinking about end times theology. Um, I am what I call gospel centric and that I, my ultimate goal and I'm far from it is to live the life that Jesus prescribed here and now in my everyday life. And I figure if I could pull that off, then however the world ends, if the world is going to end in my lifetime, I don't have to worry about it. Um, I like that. You know what I mean? So I, I, are, are we there? I mean, I, I, again, I don't think about the end times very much. A lot of people do. Uh, I'm not one of them because it doesn't really help me much in my daily life. For me, my relationship with God and with Jesus is, for me, I want it to be very personal and that I want what is shown in the Gospels to be, and this is what's the beauty of, of the Gospels, is that you can apply all of that stuff to your life in the here and now in the year 2022. Love your neighbor, hey, Sean, mercy, Sean. forgiveness, all of that. And so I try to focus on that stuff, and I fail at it most of the time. Uh, and as far as where the world goes and everything that's going on right now, okay, I just have faith in God that will get through it or that it's part of God's plan, and however it goes is however it goes. You know, I like I'm just trying to be said, a nice guy. <laughs> Thank I, you. I like what you're saying. I'm, I'm going to say this real quick, okay? Sure. Okay, one simple thing, and I like what you said because it kind of ties in on what the way we go about life. I'm not predicting the end of this or that. I'm just looking at the signs of the time that it's possible because even Jesus said we don't know when it's going to happen. Right. So I don't focus on that as well. But all, me, all that me and my wife and those that I know we do, we just try to create an atmosphere where Jesus will dwell in our midst, to where right. we can reap the benefits of the kingdom each and every day and not worry about what's on tomorrow. Because he even told us, don't worry about what's on tomorrow. I yep. took care of the birds. I'm going to take care That's of you right. all, too. Hey, but you the birds don't worry about it. <laughs> i got to run, right, but I, I keep listening, man. I'll, I'll be able to elaborate when I get back, okay? Okay. <laughs> all right, man. i got to take it. God bless you, brother. Uh, let's take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 950 KTSA FM 1071. It's Sean. It's your old weird Uncle Sean. Talking on the radio. I want to pick up from uh, our last caller uh, who we were talking about spiritual things and uh, biblical things as far as, you know, are we there? Is it the end times? Is it, you know, is it the book of Revelation stuff? Which I, as I said before, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about. I just don't. Uh, it doesn't help me uh, in my daily life. And I mentioned that, you know, this stay at the hospital, which today is an important anniversary. It was three months ago today on the uh, 16th of December that I was first admitted uh, to the hospital with severe abdominal pain. So this whole experience of mine began three months ago today. And uh, it was, it's also another anniversary. I stopped drinking. Uh, I, I haven't had anything to drink in three months. So, you know, it's which is pretty easy to do when you're on your back in the hospital. But, you know, it's it's kind of an important day for me to remember, the 16th of every month. And it was a three-month experience, as you all know, of being in the hospital. Then they'd send me home for a couple of days, and I'd, something else would happen. I'd have to go back. Uh, and so I've spent the majority, uh, about 80, 85% of my life over the past three months was in a hospital room. Uh, and any, those of you who are listening, whether it's because of COVID or just something else that you've had to deal with, you know, if you've spent time, an extended period of time in a hospital room, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it, it, you just lie there for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours before anything happens. Uh, a lot of time to think. Uh, you also don't, nobody, you don't rest in a hospital because you're always being checked. Doctors are always coming in and out, nurses. It's very hard to really kind of sleep as you would normally sleep. And uh, for me, it it woke me up to a lot of stuff. I had a lot of experiences, maybe I'll write about them someday, in the hospital, either with people I interacted with or things that happened as as an example, which gave me a lot of perspective. And just one more thing, going into this experience, I can tell you I was really in a pretty screwed-up, dark place, personally. 
Uh, I had a lot of crap in my head. I was very angry and depressed. Uh, I was angry about losing my brothers. I was angry about life. I was angry at my wife. I was angry at my life. Uh, and this is after the heart attack, you know, and I was kind of in a very depressed, frankly, self-destructive place, not a good place. And I had a lot of crap in my head about life and what life is, is and what's important or what I thought was important. And I remember the first week or so that I was in the hospital, uh, I couldn't drink or eat. I was on one of those, it's a non-diet where you can't even have a drink of water. And after about two and a half, three days, the doctor came in and said, well, you can have some ice chips. And I cannot tell you how my entire freaking world at that moment was all about the ice chips. All I wanted were some ice chips. And when I got some ice chips, my God, those ice chips were the most beautiful and tastiest thing in the world. Just simple ice chips. Uh, There was another time in the early days especially where I had a drainage tube attached to my colon because I had an abscess in my colon and uh, it was, it was, the tube was too small for the wound. And uh, at first, it would leak. And when you have a, and it's not, not to be graphic, but when you have a tube attached to your colon and it leaks, what do you think happens? You end up covered in something really, really unpleasant. And when you're in your, your mid-50s and you have nurses who are half your age, and they strip you naked, and they clean all that off of you. You know, it, it, the first time I, I went through that, I was mortified. And I wept. I was so humiliated and embarrassed. And I just kept saying, it's okay, Mr. Ryma. It's a, this is what we do. We, you don't have to apologize. It's okay. And they got me cleaned up, and somehow they changed the sheets while you're lying there. And within 20 minutes, you're clean as a whistle, and you're lying in a clean bed. And you realize all I care about is being clean in a clean bed. And these are magnificent people who just did that for me. And, you know, then you get used to it. <laughs> and, and you get used to a lot of stuff, you know, uh, as, as time goes on. But it gives you perspective that... Despite all the crap in your head, all the pseudo pseudo intellectual BS that you've stacked as far as what you need and what you think you deserve, all of that goes away uh, in a moment, in a heartbeat, when you are in a moment of complete vulnerability and you need other people to care for you. And as the experience went on, I began to realize that much of the stuff that I had convinced myself I hated or was pissing me off or was making me angry was really what I wanted more than anything else. I wanted to go home. I wanted to be in my house with the mortgage and the bills. I just wanted to be in my house with my family and my cats watching TV, not writing poetry, not writing the great wrongs of the world, none of that crap, you know, just in my house with my family and my cats and my animals watching TV and nothing else. I wanted my mom to be okay and have a good day and nothing else. I just wanted the simple crap, boring days, nice, easy, boring days, a good meal. I wanted to eat a sandwich, you know. I wanted to eat my wife's fideo. And in that place, I rediscovered God. And I realized that that's where God is. God is in the simple things. God is pure love. God is is not nearly as complicated as we make him out to be. And I, I developed a new relationship with God. And I just pretty much, with God's help, Gave up all of that crap that I kept in my head. I just scooped it out and dumped it into the wastebasket. And I put my faith in God that I was going to go home and that I was going to be able to just hang out with my family. No drama, no weirdness, no spite, no none of that crap. You know, hang out with my friends, be a better person, be a nice guy. Just be a nice person. Do you realize what a feat it is in this world just to be a nice person? 
And uh, so in that moment, and I don't know how to explain it, I lost a lot of stress. There's there's very little that stresses me out. I still get stressed out about medical stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, I got a second procedure coming up to remove all this stuff. And do I sometimes get a little stressed out that oh, I hope it goes all right? Yeah, but then it's gone. That's like, well, I hope it goes all right. God willing, I hope, you know, it'll be fine. And I, I don't worry about stuff anymore. There's a lot of crap going on in the world right now. And it concerns me, and I, I, I understand the magnitude of it, but I don't worry about it. If it's God's will, whatever. You know, I, I, I believe in God very, very strongly, and I see God in everyone. Just like those nurses that took care of me all those months, and there's been, there was a lot of them. Every single one of them was God to me. Every single one of them was an angel. Uh, and that's where I am. And so end times, I don't. <laughs> you know, I, is the dragon coming out of the volcano? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I Are we there? Is Vlad Putin the Antichrist? I have the faintest idea. Maybe Jill Biden's the Antichrist. I, I don't know. I don't worry about it. I worry about what Jesus taught uh, as far as how to live your life. And, again, I'm far from it. I'm not trying to be Obi-Wan Kenobi here. I, I have a long way to go. But that's the key. Forgiving people, having mercy, spreading the love and not being a jerk. And I hope everything works out. Not a damn thing I could do about it other than go on the radio and, and give my thoughts on it, my opinions, and that's about it. But, you know, uh, God will get us through. Uh, I, I have faith in God. And that's kind of where I am spiritually right now. I, I want to see and I try to see the divine in every single human being I interact with, including myself, when I look in the mirror. And uh, uh, I'm in a place where let's just keep it simple. <laughs> you know, again, and even getting back to uh, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, was today a good day? Yeah, I got through the day. Was today all right? Yeah. Not going to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got plenty to worry about all on its own. Not going to worry about the bills. Not going to worry about the mortgage. Not going to worry about all that crap that I used to worry about. Again, the birds don't freaking worry, do they? My cats don't worry. Why should I? I pray for the people of Ukraine. I pray for all the people who are suffering needlessly on this planet because human beings just can't stop killing each other and messing with each other. And I hope we get over that someday. We're far from it. It's not saying I'm cold to or indifferent to what's going on in the world. That's not the point. Because God is in every single one of those people in Ukraine, too. It's just all I can manage is my little corner of the universe, which is being as nice a person and as giving a person as I can possibly be uh, to people I interact with. And that's all I got, man. <laughs> that's all I got. 210 Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's take a break. It's Sean Rymar, News Talk five fifty KTSA. This is Jack Riccardi. Stay connected to News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. I'm Sean. Uh, take a few calls. Who we got? Charles? Is he still holding? Yeah, I'm right here, Sean. Uh, hey, Charles. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Beautiful testimony. I, I, I do appreciate going out on a limb for that. You know, oh, and, thank you, uh, man. Beautiful testimony. Anyway, I, I want to get on two points. So first of all, uh, you were talking about the, the time change. They ought to put the Halloween thing in there that one Trump wanted to do about having Halloween on Friday. Because sometimes I see these little kids out here on a Sunday night, Monday night, or Tuesday night, right. and you know they get cut off. And Trump wanted to change it, but he ran out of time. So. <laughs> And I'd be all the, about that, man. Halloween should be on Friday night every year. That'd be badass, yeah, man. They ought, they ought to put it as an addendum to that bill. But anyway, <laughs> and, and getting to the last point, when you were looking at the, uh, the I'm sure the monitor when Zelensky was talking, did they show the part where that man was uh, crying over his son, the 16-year-old boy who got shot, and he, he was under a, a sheet, but it was all bloodied? Did they show I believe that one? so, yeah. There was a, yeah, okay. yeah, I saw that, yeah. It's hard let me Let me just tell you something. I know that I don't like Vladimir Putin. I don't, but I don't like Zelensky either. Because, but at least Vladimir Putin, all those people that are in his war are volunteers or they got drafted. This little boy was was told he couldn't leave. He had to stay there and fight. 
and I see Zelensky and all his 20 entourage all together, and you're telling me that they're fighting? No way. That that broke my heart when I saw that father doing that, and I, I, I say that Zelensky is a coward, and I, I, and I hope to God, and I, and I, I you probably don't agree with me. I hope somebody does take him out. But anyway, my last point that I want to make is when they were doing that film, they were playing the, the violin. It reminded me of, of Florida's policeman, Frau Blucher, playing in The Young Frankenstein. Oh, God. That is so pathetic. That is so pathetic. Oh, my God. Well, what are they going to play? I can play reggae music while that's going on. I mean, you know. That, I mean. And then the, the last thing I want to say is he didn't do himself any favor with these liberals. You know, he, he quoted the great Ronald Reagan at the end. He, he was he was he was everywhere off the charts. He was quoting Martin Luther King and he was quoting Ronald well, Reagan. I didn't know? get the Martin Luther King thing. I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, when I when I was listening to him, the Martin Luther King reference, I didn't really get yeah. two completely different. Yeah. situations so, and i didn't really understand that reference but uh then, you know you know uh, uh, go ahead nancy trying to nancy oh my god you, oh, she yeah. she she sounded more drunk this morning than any other time oh, that she had, she's a she's know? just an a-hole i gotta run man i'm out of time uh we'll do it all again tomorrow and uh and talk some more smack we got uh mark lee van cabin robbins coming up next i love that show thank you chris thanks to elaine rodriguez our Executive producer Dennis Foley and my good brother Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.